Welcome to the New Vine Lakes podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Steve Troyer and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. We're just going to pray and just make some room for God. So Father God, thank you. We invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you, come. We recognise that uh, every good work starts and finishes with you. And so, Father God, we ask, would you uh, come and touch people in their bedrooms, in their lounge rooms, wherever they might be watching. Come and touch those who are here. That would be unmistakable that your spirit is weighty upon his people. Father God, we just lift up those who are in need of healing. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, come. Come and touch those areas that need a creative miracle. Come and restore what has been lost. Restore what is broken. Father God, come and break off the, even the doubts or the experience that tells us that we've asked for things before but haven't seen you come. Father God, we just lay that at the foot of the cross right now. It's simple. You, just, you continue to call us to the foot of the cross, humbly to say we have nothing to bring but our hearts to you. And you give us all the rest. And so, Father God, we just ask, come. Lead your spirit. May your church be a a church, Lord God, that is full of your spirit. A church, Lord God, that's not just represented by lakes, but right across this region that would be expectant for the kingdom of God to come. That in every single circumstance, whether we're filling up the fuel in the car, whether we're... uh, working with other colleagues or interacting with people in our community, whether it's with our family, that, Father God, more and more we'd find there's such a beauty in just walking in the Spirit in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, for how uh, our, our young people are learning about plugging in to the Holy Spirit. Lead us, Lord God, as adults, as parents, as uncles and aunts, uh, Lord God, to... Uh, be those who are expectant of the Holy Spirit to move in and through us. So Holy Spirit, come. Come and do your work in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This uh, series that we're doing is called The Acts of the Holy Spirit. And um, really looking forward to actually getting into this. It's going to be a broad brush kind of view of uh, the book of Acts um, because we, we only have three weeks. I don't need an oh. <laughs> only three weeks. Um, uh, and so we've got to kind of cover it in a broad brush. We can't cover everything. But what I want to do is I ho- I'm hoping that you'll actually get a sense for and a hunger for the Holy Spirit to be uh, not just in you, but also the one who acts through you. Uh, the person who actually writes this book, his name is Luke. Uh, Luke also writes another book called Luke, surprising enough. And he actually introduces uh, the book or his writings to the same person each time, Theophilus. Uh, Theophilus, uh, we don't know much about him, but the name itself is interesting. Theo or Theos means God. Uh, Phyllis or uh, Philio, uh, who knows that word? Is that something familiar to you? Philio. It's, another, it's a kind of love that happens or is experienced through friendship. So here, here is a guy whose name actually means 
friend of God or in this intimacy of friendship with God, this love with God. And I'd like to suggest for you that as you listen to uh, the story behind the book of Acts, that you too would actually put yourself in the same place where uh, you find yourself saying, God, I'm a friend of yours. If you are a friend of God, if you desire that intimacy with him, then I think this book is for you. Uh, it's actually purpose built for you. So Luke, he, he goes on to actually summarize his last chapter in Luke. And uh, he, he actually does a very short uh, briefing of the summary. In verse 3 of chapter 1, he says, After his suffering, he presented himself to them, that's Jesus, uh, presenting himself to his disciples and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now, this isn't new news. He's really just summarizing. Jesus, of course, with his disciples, he shows the, the piercing in his hands, his feet, his side. He eats with them. And there was many uh, convincing proofs uh, with his disciples. Actually, I need to pause here for a moment. I just remembered after this message, we'll be doing communion. So if you have some juice or some uh, bread nearby. You might want to grab that while I'm speaking right now. But anyway, so back to the story. Um, so here Luke is uh, summarizing what Jesus has done. And we pick this up in the last chapter of Luke. But now he gives a little bit more information to fill in what happened after the resurrection. Verse 3 again, he says, He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Over this time, uh, Jesus spends with his disciples. He actually has 40 days with them. It's quite some time. 40, I mentioned a few weeks ago, is significant in the number itself because 40 actually indicates uh, this pressing in or this desperate need for God that he's either going to come through or we're going to miss it altogether. And so Jesus is with his disciples for 40 days. But in this time, it, uh, Luke summarizes by saying he spoke about the kingdom of God. If you want to know what Acts is all about, Luke gives you the introduction here. It's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom of God. Now, within this view of the kingdom of God, now Jesus speaks to his disciples. And in fact, this is the last thing that he says to his disciples before he ascends. Many people look at Matthew 28 and they, uh, they think through the Great Commission and the Great Commission is true. Uh, in fact, Jesus covers somewhat some of this in what he says now. But in this, what Jesus says is actually the, the detailed message of what Jesus has in mind. You know, everyone knows the last thing that is said in a conversation can be the most important. And as Jesus is about to ascend, he, he lets his disciples in on what's about to happen. So within the context of the kingdom of God, Jesus says in verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Notice he says the gift that his father's promised. Then he says in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is giving them, within the context of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit is the uh, advancer of the kingdom of God. If you want to know what was behind all that happened in Acts, it all comes down to the Holy Spirit. If there was no Holy Spirit, there would be no direction, no push, no kingdom advancement. Every kingdom advancement that we read of in the scripture in Acts has to do with the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples, they don't quite get it. In fact, they, they are thinking when, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, 
he's actually speaking about uh, the return of Israel's kingdom. And so they asked the question, Jesus, when will the kingdom of Israel be restored? Now, not to be deterred, Jesus, he doesn't uh, discount the fact that the kingdom of Israel will be restored. But he says in verse 7, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive, so now he's back onto the main thing. Here is the main reason he's talking about the kingdom of God and how it will advance. You will receive power. Say power. You will receive power. I've got a, 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 a small crowd here who's not answering when I've asked, but um, here we go. And you will receive power. Uh, that's better. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This word, just pause here for a moment comes on you is like uh, saying he will violently come on you. It's almost like he will arrest you. He will tackle you like a footy tackle to the ground. That, that's the kind of language he's using. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Here's the Matthew 28 version of, um, of the commission. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you want to know how to outwork Matthew 28, it comes back to what Jesus says here, the Holy Spirit in you. He'll come on you with power. The very central theme here, right through the, the book of Acts, is the work of the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom. Which means to say, if this is the central point of Luke, if this is the central point of what Jesus talks about, what is our central point? What's the centre theme of our life? What's the centre theme of our walk with the Lord? What's the centre central theme of our advancing the kingdom in our workplace, in our community? It's a really good question because Luke would say it has to come back to the Holy Spirit. It has to come back to what He is doing. And so it's really an invitation to the disciples. In fact, uh, we know from Paul, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, that... Uh, there were about 500 disciples who saw Jesus in, those 40, in that 40-day period. But when we read in Acts chapter 1, we find that only 120 end up in the prayer room, in the upper room. He doesn't go on to say exactly how many were there at Pentecost, but I'm assuming, or we could assume, that there was less than the 500 who were there at the day of Pentecost. And it says actually in the back end of Luke that some even doubted. Even when Jesus was there, you can imagine somebody who is raised from the dead, it might be hard to believe. And so you'd be wanting some convincing proofs. But here they are, they're wondering, is Jesus who he says he is? And yet there was 120 who said, we're in. We're all in. We want everything that the Father God has promised. Okay, as we end up going through this story now, we begin to see on Pentecost, this is the 50th day since Jesus was resurrected, 10 days after Jesus ascended. And the disciples are all meeting in the one room. And as they meet there, they find themselves being encountered by the Holy Spirit. They say it's like a violent wind rushes through the room that they're in. Now, when I read that, I think of my parents-in-law. They said a number of years ago, there was a storm front that came through over their house at Nelson Bay. And they said it sounded like a jet engine raging over the top of the home, but not just going past the house, but staying over the house. Can you imagine the noise of a violent wind like a jet engine in your room? 
in the house. And here with 120 disciples, I imagine at that time as they're praying, uh, they would have to lift their voice in order to be heard. Now, as they're there, they, they see coming from the, um, the ceiling top, they see a fire come down in a column of fire and then separate as tongues of fire over every single individual. And uh, no sooner did they um, get baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, they end up speaking in other languages, in a, in a native tongue. Now, if I was to back up here for a moment, when Jesus says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, this word baptize means to be uh, immersed under. So if you go to the, to the upper room, now the 120 disciples, they are immersed in the Holy Spirit. There's a violent wind and as they speak in tongues, you can imagine they're, they're voicing it louder as much as they can over the violent wind. I heard of a, a guy, or in fact I met this fellow, he's an old pastor, he'd retired at this point. But when he first became a Christian, when he was in Sydney, he was visiting a friend and uh, got led to the Lord and uh, he found himself as he was prayed for after being baptised firstly in water. Now he was prayed for for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He started to speak so loudly in tongues that a number of blocks away could hear him. And, uh, and so, uh, in fact, there was a number of other things that happened to him at the time where he's just like, God, you, are, you have to be in this. And the Holy Spirit came on him. He arrested him. There was this sense of which... Uh, he was overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's 120 people all speaking in other tongues and others outside here. Uh, maybe they heard from blocks away and they started to, to uh, come close. They wanted to see what was happening. But they started to hear the, uh, their own language and they said, we hear the wonders of God in our own native language. And they're asking the question, what's happening here? Peter stands up and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, all this time has gone forward where Peter, at one time, he, he was close to actually exiting out and going back to fishing. This was, uh, he was so unsure of him being a part of God's plan. But Jesus simply calls him, no, just wait. When he waits and he receives the, the power of the Holy Spirit, he stands up and he begins to tell others about what God is doing. He references Joel and as he references Joel, he's not doing it in order to, uh, to explain tongues. In fact, for those who heard, they heard their own language. So what he's doing now is he's explaining the prophecy that they've heard. That the prophetic voice is being spoken and says, see what is happening right now, this prophetic voice it is an indicator that all have had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This was his message. 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ that day. That is amazing. The kingdom of God advances through the Holy Spirit. Now, as time goes on, Peter, not long after, ends up going into the temple grounds. And as he goes in at the, at the gate to the temple was a lame man who gets healed in Jesus' name, goes in for the first time, I imagine, into the temple grounds because he was unclean uh, prior to that. And now he goes in. People recognize this is the same man. They run from all over the temple courts, attracted to what just happened. Peter begins to preach at Solomon's colonnade 
And before he can give the altar call, he's arrested. He goes to court and he's in front of the Sanhedrin and they basically tell him, you cannot preach about Jesus anymore. It's illegal for you to preach this. And he says, uh, far be it from me to just um, obey what man says, if God has already given me a greater call, I will continue to preach Jesus. While he's in prison, Luke records 5,000 people now are following Jesus. Holy Spirit is at work, whether Peter's there or not. As Peter comes out, they call a prayer meeting. And in this prayer meeting, I want to take your attention to it. It's found in chapter 4, verse 31. We're going to pick up in just a moment. But they begin to pray, God, give us more boldness to speak the name of Jesus. We've just been told not to say anything, but give us more boldness now to actually speak the message of Jesus. And as they pray, verse 31 After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. One of the uh, telltale signs that the Holy Spirit has come upon a person is that boldness comes, that the kingdom of God advances through the Holy Spirit in you. Why why is there boldness? As the Holy Spirit is in you, you realise, God, you can answer that. God, you can heal that person. God, you have a word for that person. God, it's only a matter of time you're going to actually lead that person to faith. And all of a sudden, everything becomes possible. You see things the way that Jesus did. See, when Jesus saw uh, those who were lost, He says the harvest is ripe. Many of us look at the harvest and we think that there's not many people who are willing to hear about Jesus. No, Jesus says when the Holy Spirit's in you, you see it differently. You see the harvest is ripe. It's ready. It's only a matter of time. Somebody's going to become a, a follower of Jesus. Church, what is it going to look like for us? for the kingdom of God to advance through us. It must be through the advancement of the Holy Spirit in us. It must be through. Peter goes on from that place and there's some amazing things that happen amongst the church. They commune with one another. They're meeting regularly. They share their possessions with one another. And they're seeing the apostles do signs, wonders and miracles. And more than this, Peter has such a strong healing ministry that people are flocking from all over Jerusalem to come and see him so that they might be healed, knowing that's in Jesus' name. In fact, they actually, uh, they actually sit people like the sick along the streets where uh, Peter was about to walk, uh, thinking that if his shadow would actually fall on them, they would be healed. And they were. This was extraordinary miracles that were happening in this place. You'd have to say this was revival. In fact, it went beyond the temple courts to now everywhere in the city are beginning to have pop-ups of the kingdom of God touching people. This is getting out of hand as far as the Sanhedrin and the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were concerned. And so they arrest them a second time. They put Peter in jail and during the night, uh, an angel comes, opens the door, says, Peter, you must go back to the temple courts and preach again. He's found again the next day preaching. They arrest him a third time. They bring him in. They reprimand him and they say, didn't we tell you not to speak in the name of Jesus? And uh, Peter begins to give his account. The Holy Spirit works through him. And while they're there, I want you to pay attention to a conversation that happens internally amongst the Sanhedrin. A guy by the name of Gamaliel who might sound familiar to you. 
Gamaliel was actually the uh, rabbi of Saul who becomes Paul later on. Here he is in the midst of uh, Peter and the rest of the Sanhedrin. And he says in verse 35 of chapter 5, Then he addressed the Sanhedrin, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Uh, Just pause there for a moment. Uh, Gamaliel is pointing to the fact that Jesus was also killed. And he's refusing to accept that Jesus was resurrected. And he's pointing to the fact that if Jesus is just a man, if he's just sent from a, a human perspective, then it will fail. You understand what he's saying? So it will fail. So he goes on to say in verse 38, Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. This is one of my favorite verses in Acts coming up. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. If it is of God. If what happened to Peter, the 120 in the upper room, is of God. If that man who was lame now walks is of God. If those who became followers of Jesus, 3,000 and 5,000, is of God, you only find yourself fighting against it. The kingdom of God advances through the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God advances through you, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, if, let me say this. If uh, our walk with Jesus is dumbed down to our own strengths, if it's of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of the Holy Spirit, then nothing can hold it back. Do you know of those 120 people who first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Uh, We don't know all of their stories. We only hear the highlight reel from the apostles. But every single one was filled with power for the advancement of the kingdom. Not one of us. Not one of us is excluded. You might say, well, I'm not sure that God could use me. Do you know what? Uh, If it's of your own strength, That could be true. But if it's of His Holy Spirit, nothing can stop. Nothing can stop the kingdom of God from advancing. Amen. And so I want to leave that with you and I'm going to pray for you. And and I just really believe that what God wants to do in us as a church is that He wants to advance His kingdom. He, He has high hopes in you, not because of what you can bring, but because of what the Holy Spirit can do. Amen. And what he wants to do in and through you are going to be story after story after story of what the kingdom of God looks like through his Holy Spirit moving through you. So let me pray. Father God, we recognize that uh, it could be very easy for us to just simply believe in Jesus and like the disciples did, be praying and uh, perhaps even some looking from a, the sideline of that 500 thinking, I, th- I think it might be Jesus, but I'm just a little bit skeptical. I'm not sure. Or we might even think that our experience of the things that we, we have experienced, we might actually say, I know that I've read about this, but it's not true in my life from my experience. 
Perhaps we even have like Aaron's story uh, where there are certain biblical reasons why we might actually say, no, this is not for today. But Lord Jesus, we ask right now, we recognise that it must come from the Holy Spirit, not from us wrestling out, trying to be a good Christian, not from us trying to uh, be just as simply a, a church. But Lord God, if the kingdom of God is going to advance in any way, it must be a church in revival. It must be a church that's filled with your Holy Spirit. And so we invite you, come, pour out your Spirit on us. Come and rest on us. Come and lead us, uh, Holy Spirit, into the depths of the things that Jesus has in mind for us, where we're discipled by you, where we're led to the cross by you and laying things down. Uh, Lord, where we are uh, obedient to you, in recognising that every good work is prepared ahead for us through your Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit. We ask that this would be true of those who have been seasoned Christians, that this would be true of those who are young in their faith, that this would be true of those who are young and old. Lord God, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit is on our young people as He is on our older people. The same Holy Spirit is on male or female. Lord, He has uh, nothing that hinders Him other than a heart that's not postured towards Him. So Holy Spirit, would You come and move through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more resources or to find out what's happening in the life of our church, head to newvinelakes.com.au or find us on social media.